Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to go in your Bibles today to Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, because of uh, time's sake, I'm going to give you some scripture you can read later. And, but, uh, and, but we're going to read Ephesians chapter 3 and then we're going to go over to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 after that. But, but just, just stay with us today if you would. And, and, uh, because the Bible has a lot to say about the time we're living in. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8 today. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. God said, I've given you my spirit. I've given you my word. I've given you revelation so that you can let them jokers know they don't win. So you can let them know that I'll build my church and the gate to hell will not prevail against it. The manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Now I want you to, I want you, if if you're writing it down, you can write down Ephesians chapter four, just read the whole chapter when you get home. And, uh, but we're going to 2 Timothy now, 2 Timothy chapter four and verse one. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. We might end up reading that old uh, scripture in Ephesians. Amen. But right now we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Not that they haven't heard it. And not that it wasn't preached. And not that there wasn't a Bible that they could read. They won't endure it. They won't receive it. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears... They will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Jesus told his disciples, pray and watch, pray and watch, pray and watch, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So I'm in a series. Also, you can write down Galatians 1, 8 through 10, if you want to read that later as well. You need a little homework anyway. Pray to get some of you in the Bible. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to read some in here, and I'm going give to give you some so that you can go home and, and open up the Word of God, and you can let the Word speak to you and let the Holy Ghost speak to you as well. Uh, and then also Ephesians 7. Uh, Ephesians 4, 7 through 16 as well. Write write that down. So let's pray and ask God's blessing upon the reading and the preaching of his word today. Father, I thank you for your dear people. We have assembled together today. Lord, we've praised you. We've worshiped. We have, we've given, we've come before the Lord's table. We've done our very best to prepare an atmosphere for you to come and inhabit. And I believe you're here. I know you're here, God, and you are ready to move. So today it is my prayer, it is my desire, God, that you would give us ears to hear 
and eyes to see and a heart to obey. I pray that every obstacle and opposition, any hindrance or any excuse that would try to rise up to keep people from receiving, hearing and responding to the word be broken to pieces under the sound of my voice right now. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would make your path straight, God, straight to the soul and the spirit and the mind of every person right now. And that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would manifest. And Father, I pray right now that your spirit would move like a mighty river of waters. Look upon my availability and not my ability, God. I decree and declare that the devil is bound. And I decree and declare that heaven is loosed in this house now. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven today. Manifest your presence, not just here, but upon everybody watching today. In the strong name of the Son of God, I ask the name of Jesus. And I give you praise right now. And everybody shout amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good praise before you're seated today. Now we're going to go on. I, I started a series last week and I got to point number one. And I am believing to get through to point number four today. Uh, we're going to do our very best anyway. But, I, but I'm calling this series What We Believe. What We Believe. And I believe this is a word for the church right now. Not just this church, but the body of Christ. Because uh, many times we, we can sense the presence of the Lord. We can sense the anointing of God. We can sense when God's moving in our midst. None of these things are bad. Matter of fact, I praise God for a church that is sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I don't know what I would do if I was, if I was in a place with a bunch of frozen popsicles. My God help them men of God and women of God that are having to preach in those places. Amen. Give them strength in the name of the Lord. But So I praise God for a church that is sensitive to the Spirit. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. We want to continue to grow in that. Somebody, come on, I want you to say this. I will grow in sensitivity to the Spirit in Jesus' name. So there is nothing wrong with that. We want to continue to grow in that. The, the, the reason God has me in this series right here is not that you will stop being sensitive to the Spirit, but so that when you're, so that you can add to your sensitivity the revelation of the word of God, the knowledge of the word. I told you last week, I said, I said, you know, the DNA of this house, it is the core values. We have eight core values here, and that is the DNA of this house. But the DNA of this house is not the foundation. The DNA of the house is the blood that flows through the body. What we're preaching on right now is the foundation. It is the skeleton to which everything needs to attach. Because you can have skin, you can have blood, you can have all that, but if you don't have a skeleton, it is a big blob of mess. Come on, somebody. But when you got a skeleton, these things are able to attach to something, and the skeleton is the foundation. So what we're going over in this series is the foundation. Now, I pray that you will be able to be here on a regular basis, uh, uh, and you need to grab some people and tell them to come, because we're going to learn, we're going to continue to learn what we believe. Now, for some of you, you already know there ain't nothing the devil can do, there ain't nothing anybody else can say, and there ain't nothing, there's not a circumstance or situation in your life that can come to get you to stop believing. And I praise God for every one of you, and this church needs every last one of you times a hundred. I praise God for people who know in whom they believe and know what they believe. And you are, you are an encouragement to the house of God and we thank God for every last one of you. But I don't want you to grow bold, I don't want you to grow bored because we need you up in this house. And, and, and for every one of you, there's about six of them that's still trying to figure out what the Bible says right now. And so we gotta learn what the Bible says because I'm gonna tell you right now, the devil ain't gonna ask you how many people go to your church. And the devil is not gonna ask you how many times you've been to church. And the devil is not gonna ask you, do you have a bumper sticker and do you know elder so-and-so? But when the devil comes your way, he wants to know, do you know the word? Jesus did not even say, I am the son of God when the devil came his way, even though he knew he was. He said, it is written. He said, I 
got something for you right here, and I know how to take your feet out under you, out from under you, and I know how to chop your head off. And so you've got to know what the Bible says. Hallelujah. And so last week, I just want to take about three minutes and just last week I told you uh, there, there was something coming and I really felt it in my spirit and, I, and I, I prayed that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. You want to know why I'm not wrong? Because the word says it. The word says that in the last days there will arise a, an apostate church. We just read it. An apostate church that will not endure sound doctrine. So I told you last week, I said, you're about to see it's already beginning to happen, but it's going to, if Jesus tarries in the next five years, you're going to see it come to the, to the forefront. There's going to be two different churches. They will not be divided by denomination, color, nationality, ethnicity, or economic status. There will be one church that is governed by the government. The government will tell them what to say. The government will tell them how to believe. The government will tell them when to open up. The government will tell them when to shut down. The government will dictate everything that comes from that house. And then there's going to be a church like this one that is governed by the Holy Ghost. And I don't know how many are there going to be in the land, but can I tell you, bless God, there's going to be one right here at 751B Patrick Road. And we will be governed and led and dictated and instructed by the Holy Ghost and him himself. Hallelujah. And these places, regardless of how few or how many they are, they will be oases in a dry land. People will come thirsty and when they walk in, they'll say, I did not know there was still a place that would preach the word of God. I did not know there was still a place that wouldn't shut the Holy Ghost down according to your agenda. I did not know there was still a place that did not matter. It didn't matter whether it was 55 minutes, an hour or 55 minutes, or two hours or 55 minutes. If God was moving, then they still wanted to be there. Oh, let me drink of such a place. Let me put my bucket down and drink of a well that will not run dry. Let me put my bucket down. Let me drink of a place where the water shall not ever run out. Hallelujah. And this is why. Oh, I'm up my three minutes. Take one minute of, of extra in my introduction. This is why you can't just continue in dead places. This is why you can't go just because everybody is this or everybody is that. This is why you can't go just because you got Baptist on your church card. You got Methodist on your church card. Or you got Pentecostal on your church card. You need to put that to the side. Don't worry about what's on the sign. And don't worry about what's online. But say, God, if you're in the house, I want to be in the house. I can't risk it. I can't risk. I can't risk living in a dry place. I can't risk being a place with no life. I can't risk being in a place where there ain't no spirit. I can't risk being in a place where people preach everything but the word. Me and my family need to be in a place where the word is happening. Just call this place the house of Bethel, the house of bread. And this is a place where fresh bread shall fall until Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. If them doors close up out there and you show up, you need to repent because the rapture has happened. And you got left. Woo. Hallelujah. You better fall down on your knees and say, oh God, don't I, I, need, a, I need forgiveness now. Hallelujah. So we're talking about what we believe. And, and so, so I, uh, I want to move on to what I said last week. I, I'm, I'm just going to take a couple minutes on that. And you might say, well, preacher, why you always got to do that? Because you got to understand that uh, a lot of people consider attending once a month as regular church attendance. 
And uh, uh, that's not regular church attendance. Okay, and, uh, but that's not really the prevailing thought here. And I praise God for that. Can we give the Lord three seconds of praise for that right now? Y'all some people that are serious about hearing the word, and I thank you for that. But I told you last week, I said, we believe, point number one was, we believe that all scripture, everybody say all scripture. Say all scripture. Say all scripture. All scripture is inspired. It's inspired by God himself. The Bible and the Quran are not the same. They are, they are not equal. The devil is a liar. The Book of Mormon and the Bible are not equal. Hallelujah. The Bible is the Bible. The holy book. I believe all 66 chapters. Hallelujah. And I ain't trying to take from it and I ain't trying to add to it. And I don't believe that God was so weak that man was able to take out of it and man was able to put something in that didn't belong. You need to correct yourself in the name of Jesus. If this Bible ain't true, I've done made up my mind. I'm going down with it anyway. Because I know that when I heard the word preached, something leaped in my spirit. And I know it's a lie. Hallelujah. Oh, Scripture. Old Testament and New Testament. I'm going to kick one more thing while I'm at it. Well, you know, those, are, those books of the Apocrypha, they were just left out. They were supposed to be in the Bible. Who said? How, how arrogant you are to say what is supposed to be in the Bible and what is not. Correct yourself. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Correct yourself. That's why you're starting to go out to the side and, and destruction starting to come in on the edges. I'm telling you right now, the Bible is inspired by God. Breathe. What does that mean? Breathe. Those of you who are those students of ours that are in our youth ministry, you, if you go to one of them godless colleges one day, and that's exactly what they are. I'm not saying don't go. I'm just saying if you go to one of those godless colleges one day, and there's some, there's some heathenistic, atheistic uh, professor that stands up and tells, uh, tells you that God ain't real or that God is dead. You tell him who preached his funeral. Tell me where his grave is. Tell me who put flowers on top of it. I, I want to know where is, his, where is his obituary because God ain't dead. And just because somebody don't believe it don't mean it ain't true. I came to tell you all scripture is inspired by God. Hallelujah. Now, if you want scripture for that, I'm going to move on a little bit. But 2 Timothy 3, I'm, I'm not going to read these. You can write them down. I preached them last week. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. And 2 Peter 1, verse 21. Now, there's other, there's other places that we can read that all scriptures inspire, but those are some that you can. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And that is established. You can't build a doctrine off of one scripture. Can't build a, you can't build a doctrine off of your experience. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You see, when you come to the truth that all scripture has been breathed by God, then you realize that the Bible is really your lifeline. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a place where you felt like you were drowning? Have you ever been in a place where you felt like, you know what, there wasn't nobody else around and you were, about to, you were just about to go on and be with Jesus or you was about to take yourself out or you were just ready to quit? I don't know if you've ever been in those places and if you are, I'm going to tell you there's a God that'll get you out of it today. But can I tell you, when I walked through places like that, I grabbed a hold of the lifeline. I grabbed a hold of the life preserver and I grabbed a hold of that word right there. And when I grabbed a hold of that word, I realized that God was speaking and breath came back into me and I began to live again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, everybody say the Bible says. 
that the word of God is living and powerful and, 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 and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Bible says in the 138th Psalm, I will worship, worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your word, for you have magnified your word above your name. God said, when it came to my word, I put it above my name. Hallelujah. Oh, for the day that the church comes back to reverence the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Number two, y'all ready? This, this, is, this is for your new stuff this week. Amen. Number two, we believe. Everybody say, I believe. We believe that there is only one true God. One true God. The one true God has revealed himself as the eternal, eternally self-existent I am. The creator of heaven and earth and the redeemer of mankind. He has further revealed himself as embodying the principles of relationship and association as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, glory be to God. Not three gods. One God in three persons. Hallelujah. Praise God. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Uh -huh. yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 43, put that one up. Isaiah chapter 43. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Hallelujah. I, even I am the Lord and beside me there is no savior. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's in your Bible. Praise God. Luke 3, 22. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, Jesus. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Right here. There are many, and there's many other scriptures that tell you that God is one and he is in three persons. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Gonna let that sit for a minute. Well, preacher, don't you know the word Trinity ain't in the Bible? Rapture ain't either. It's not. However, the principles of that are communicated throughout the Bible constantly. So you need to understand we don't worship three gods, we worship one God. That's in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, you've got some people who baptize in Jesus' name, and you've got some people who baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I don't care which one you baptize in. I see both in Scripture. We baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because that's what Jesus said in Matthew 28. But I don't really care which one you baptize in. That's what we baptize there because we have scripture that we back up. But you also see baptizing in Jesus' name. I don't, it doesn't really matter what you baptize in. But let me tell you something. The, the very thought and the, and, the, and, the, and the teaching that says that G, there's only Jesus, it's not right. Now the scriptures, if you read the scriptures and you come up with that, I, I really can't help you. Now, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, make fun or nothing. I'm not, I'm not being like that. I'm just telling you, how are you going to come up with that when Jesus is in the water? The Holy Spirit comes upon him in bodily form and a voice speaks from heaven. 
How are you going to come up with that? How are you going to come up with when Jesus says, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Oh, we helping some people right now. So it's, it's not about sitting there trying to, to argue with people because the Bible says don't argue doctrine. He said it's profitless. Ain't no profit behind that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's move on. There is that, there is that in the Father which constitutes him, the Father and not the Son. And there is that which is in the Son that constitutes him the Son and not the Father. And there is that that's in the Holy Spirit which constitutes him the Holy Spirit and not either the Father and Son. Wherefore the Father is the begetter, the Son is the begotten, and the Holy Spirit is the one proceeding from the Father and the Son. Hallelujah! So this right here is what helps you stay grounded. It'll keep you... Well, I'm not going to go right there right now. Amen. Let's see. Church, the father couldn't, listen, the father couldn't die for you because he doesn't leave his throne, nor does he die. The son came in flesh and lived on this earth. Isaiah said it like this, unto us a child was born and unto us a son was given. The child that was created as the son has always been. Y'all understand the son was before the beginning of the world. The child was born on the earth. Hallelujah. Therefore, the son was to die for the sins of the world. The son couldn't come in his own power and heavenly glory or he would be illegal on the earth. And was not able to serve as our great high priest. Because to serve as our great high priest, he had to come from man, for man, to help man. In the Old Testament, the high priest has to be a man chosen from among men to offer sacrifices for men to present men to God. Jesus comes as the great high priest, therefore he is chosen from among man, and watch this, to offer a sacrifice for man and now be the mediator between God and man. So if you take this out, you have now stepped out of true doctrine and you begin to move in error and open the door to all kinds of nonsense. In order to be the great high priest while Jesus was in the earth, listen to this, he had to be empowered with the same spirit that is in us. He had to. If he didn't, then he could not be tempted in all ways like we are, yet did not sin. Now you see each one, each one is distinct in persons, but yet completely one in unity. Glory be to God. How many are thankful now for the triune God? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I thank God for him. Let's go on. Number three, because we want to get to this. Number three, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal son of God. The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal son of God. We see proof of his deity prophesied about in the Old Testament and lived out in the New Testament. One of those prophecies that is lived out in front of all who were present at that time was his virgin birth. I ain't seen a virgin give birth since. <laughs> and if she did, she lying. Say amen to that. Amen. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Matthew 1, 23. The virgin will conceive and give a birth, birth to a son and they will uh, call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The virgin birth. Hallelujah. Now, if you ever heard somebody say, well, I just don't know how Jesus got here and whether it's true or not, I'm just glad he came. Well, that's a lie. 
Because you need to understand the virgin birth is important. It is true. It was prophesied about and it is truth. Hallelujah. Now, I ain't no doctor, so I can't back up all this. I like to claim I'm a doctor. Y'all, if you ever hang around me long enough and you got something wrong with you, I'll be telling you what to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. And if I get the sniffles and have to go to a doctor, I'll tell them what's wrong with me and what they need to give me. I don't know that that's always right. So I like to claim to be a doctor. And you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm just aspiring to be a man or something. I don't know. But so if we have any doctors in the house, I am not in any way belittling you at all. I praise God for every last one of you. Um, but, but they tell me that the blood of a child comes from the father. Which means the importance of a virgin birth. Because if he wasn't born of a virgin, then his blood came from a sinful man. And if his blood came from a sinful man, how are you going to put it on the mercy seat? Hallelujah. So the blood, somebody shout the blood. The blood was deity of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Born of a virgin. And I'm glad I'm doing, I'm, I'm speaking this because let me tell you something. There's a day coming where the apostate church, I hope I'm not prophesying, but I feel it in my spirit. The apostate church is going to deny the virgin birth. They're going to deny the virgin birth. Jesus was born of a virgin. Hallelujah. Let's talk about something else of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The miracles of Jesus. The miracles of Jesus, the miracles he worked while on this earth were never worked by any other in that way or in that magnitude. Acts 2.22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Church today, I'm here to tell you that Jesus through the Holy Ghost is still working miracles in the earth today. If I'm telling you he's still alive. Life, and his spirit is still in us and he is still working miracles right now. The blind are still seeing, the deaf are still hearing, the chains are breaking and life is being given to dead bones. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe me for the works that I do. Glory be to God. That's about his deity. Now we're going on. And another thing about his deity is his substitutionary work on the cross. Churchill, if Jesus was not divine, then his death on the cross was foolish and senseless. There was no purpose in it. And at best, the rulers of the age would have rid themselves of a lunatic. The Bible tells us differently, though. 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. His substitutionary work. Now, if you're getting bored with this right now, it's because you're struggling. You're struggling right now because you want somebody to appease your flesh and speak to your soul. But I'm trying to build your spirit so that you'll be able to last in a day when the trials come against your life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Another thing that talks about his, his deity is the resurrection from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day after being crucified and buried in a tomb. He did not raise as a spirit or a ghost or a figment of someone's imagination. He rose in bodily form and bore the scars in his body from the cross. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
I believe this was a question being asked Brother Mike at the time because, because they said, man, is this him or is it a spirit? And Jesus said, look at my hands. Thomas, put your hands. Put your fingers in the holes on my hands. Put your hand in the hole on my side. Give me some fried chicken. A, a ghost can't eat. And a spirit don't need to. Give me something to eat. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 6, he is, not, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Luke 24, 39, look at my hands and my feet. It's I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Hallelujah. The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection from the dead. One more thing that we're talking about, deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. His, his exaltation to the right hand of God. Oh, hallelujah. Church, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he showed himself to as many as uh, uh, over a period of four days, as many as 500 people. He would show up at dinner time and ask for something to eat. He would walk through walls of rooms while the disciples were hiding and scared and rebuked them for their unbelief. He showed up when they had gotten off track and wanted to go back to their old selves. But after 40 days, he lifted up his hands and blessed them and was taken into heaven and sat down at the right hand of of God. That is the hand of authority. That is the hand of power. And that is the hand of blessing. Acts 2.33, exalted to the right hand of God. He was received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you see and hear. Hallelujah. He has been exalted to the right hand of God. He is deity. He's not just a good man. Come on, somebody. That's the reason when they said, he said, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say you're Jeremiah and some say you're Isaiah and some of them say you're, you're John, this son come back from death. He said, but who do you say that I am? Because let, let me tell you something. This is not something that we can agree to disagree about. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe in the virgin birth and you don't believe that Jesus lived a sinless life and you don't believe that he died on a cross and you don't believe that he was raised from the dead, then you ain't no Christian. These things we cannot agree to disagree about. These things are the foundation of the gospel. So when people say, well, we're just going to agree to disagree, we'll say, brother, we, you know, we have to part ways. I'll pray for you. But you ain't no Christian. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost saying touch on one more thing. Let me touch on this, uh, this uh, mixture of witchcraft. He just sparked it. He said, touch that for a minute. Folks playing with crystals in their hands. Pray into a God with crystals in your hands. Nonsense. Getting up, getting up and consulting. What is this thing with the months and stuff? Horoscopes. Consulting horoscopes. It's a mixture. Have you not read in the Bible that you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons at the same time? It's a mixture. And you better get it out of your life. Burning sage in your house. What kind of nonsense is this? You'd be better burning blunts. You need to get it out of your house and get all this other nonsense out of your house. You don't know why the devil's messing with you right now. But can I tell you, you can't mix the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons at the same time. You come out from among them and be ye holy, says the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The devil is a liar. 
The only thing you need burning in your house if demons are messing with you is the fire of the Holy Ghost. And if you'll get the fire of the Holy Ghost in your house, your kids are at right, your marriage will turn around, and the peace of God will follow in your house. It's nonsense. It's a mixture. It's a mixture. And that's what's happening in the church. They got something called, Pastor Antoine, they got something called Christ-lam now. It's a mixture of Christian and Islam. Can't figure out why we in the position we're in. It's witchcraft. And if you, I feel like the prophet Elijah pulling folk up on top of a mountain saying if Baal's God then serve him but if Jehovah's God then serve him how long will you begin to stumble between two opinions he who sends fire on the sacrifice let him be God let him be God so you got to you, some of you and I'm going I'm to meddle a little longer before I get this last point out some of you got your kids messing with Harry Potter stuff. You got your kids messing with all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're sitting here wondering why they won't listen to you. And they're going in their rooms and they're slamming doors. And they won't talk to you for a week. And you can't figure out. And you're talking about Pastor Luke and Gracie, would you lay your hands on them? No, you lay hands on them and train a child up in the way they're supposed to go. And when they are old, they will not depart. You lay hands on them. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You need to get that stuff out of their room. You tell them you don't, you don't pay for your food, you don't pay for your lodging, you don't pay for your clothes. And while I do, you're going to do what I tell you to do up in this house. The Bible says children submit to your parents. And that is not just because God's wanting somebody to beat you up and rule over you. That's because God's saying there's a protection for you over your mind, over your spirit, and over your body. Submit yourself to your parents. Yeah, I feel like preaching now. So you got to get that junk out of there. You got to get that junk out of Get that junk out of their room. Well, I, you, well, preacher, you're just a little legalistic. Well, you say what you want to, but I ain't got them devils in my house. And they don't belong in my house, and they ain't coming in my house. I don't have Ouija boards in there, and, my, and, and we ain't sitting in there playing with witchcraft. We got enough to deal with and turn around and open the door to him. You got to know what the deal is. And you got to understand that spirits can travel through certain things into your homes. And you got to guard yourselves. Let me tell you something. I tell my son on a regular basis, boy, let me tell you something. I got to stand, for, stand before God for you one day. We ain't playing no game. I got to stand before God. He gave me you as a gift. And I got to do right. Y'all give the Lord a good hand up in this house. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to take about three more minutes. And, and, and listen, don't let your sons and daughters be on social media, media half naked, showing themselves out there, talking about God loves me. Let me tell you something. Put some clothes on, baby. I know God loves you. And I know God cares about you. But you got to get some stuff right. Can't figure out why stuff's going crazy in the home. I believe the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only true and God. And I believe that he is the only mediator between man and God. And I'm not mixing this stuff, man. Now, if I messed a few things up on your feet, y'all just stay with me. But I'm telling you, if you'll put it into practice and things don't get better four months from now, then quit. But I promise you things will get better. 
Hallelujah. Y'all give the Lord a good praise for his word today. Every time, every time things got squirrely and crazy with the children of Israel, it was because they had, they had foreign gods, they called them, and invited them to the home. And God would tell them, listen, if you'll get this junk out of your home, he said, it's going to be well with you. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament, don't give yourself over to idols. Don't give yourself over to idols. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not trying to say everybody's got to have a bun and long, you know, all that stuff. Whatever. You do what you got to do with the Lord. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not, you know, I mean, you know, throwing the TV out would probably be good for all of us. But I'm not trying to say you have to throw the TV out. I'm just saying. If you're sitting there and something quickens in you, this ain't good. Oh, God, give us the grace to turn this stuff off. All right. All right. So, so y'all got to understand when you say, I believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not just talking about, I believe in somebody um, that died on the cross and was raised from the dead. Yeah, you're talking about that, but you're saying he is number one. He is. His word is the authoritative rule in my life. That's the reason we started with the scriptures inspired because if you don't believe the word is your authoritative rule, we don't have nothing to talk about anyway. I can't help nobody because I ain't going to talk about magazines and I ain't going to talk about what The View said and I ain't going to talk about what CNN said and I ain't going to talk about what Fox said. I'm going to talk about what Jesus said because the last time I checked, the grass with and the flower fade, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Poor babies, there's some of them going to lose some toys today. <laughs> some of them going to lose some toys today. <laughs> Clothing's going to be thrown out. I mean, just social media is going to be cleaned up. And, and all of a sudden, you know, folk going to really believe you serve the Lord. Uh, all right, so. Number four, and I'm going to end with this. Uh, we believe in the fall of man. What does that believe? Man was created good and upright. For God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. However, man by voluntary transgression fell and there, thereby incurred uh, not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God. Now, if you don't believe this, you got a big issue. Genesis 2.17 says, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge and of good of evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the fruit was, uh, of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took and ate of it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate of it. Romans 5, 12 through 19. Therefore, oh, I love this. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone account, uh, anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from, one time, from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as did Adam, who is a pattern of 
the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the man, if, if the many died uh, by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Hallelujah. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many, tres- uh, many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and not the, gi- and the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one man, one man trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man that many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man that many will be made righteous. What are you talking about? Sin came in through Adam and Eve. And that sin came in. And all men were now separated from God. Then a law came in. And they would bring the blood of bulls and the blood of goats and the blood of sheep. But man still could not approach God. Why? Because what the blood of bulls and goats could not do, the blood of Jesus did. And even though man would come before the Lord, his conscience was dirty and could not be cleansed. And so God sends what we, the Bible calls the second Adam. Here comes Jesus. But this time when they're in a wilderness, in a garden, this time Satan couldn't get him to eat of what he was, wasn't supposed to eat of. He tried three different times. He tried with the lust of the eyes. He tried with the lust of the flesh. And he tried with the pride of life. All these were connected back to the garden. But Jesus didn't fall in any of them. And this time the second Adam showed up. And he didn't show up with sin in his life. He didn't show up as somebody who had fallen, but this time he showed up as the spotless lamb of heaven, giving his blood for all mankind. The Bible says, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. Why was this so important? Why was this so important? See, you got some some, uh, false cults and doctrines out there that says Jesus didn't hang on a cross, he died some other way. That's an error. Why is that important? Because cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. And if Jesus didn't hang on the tree, then he could not become cursed. And if he was not, if he didn't become sin, then we couldn't become righteous. And if he didn't get cursed, then we couldn't have his blessing. But the Bible says, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. So when Jesus hung on a tree, the Lord said, if you'll put your faith and trust and believe in what he did on that cross, though you should be cursed, I'll take the blessing on him and put it on you. And know you not that you are the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? Because when Jesus hung on a cross, he took the curse that has ever been and he took the curse that could ever be. He took the curse of poverty. The Bible says that though he was rich, he became poor. That you might become rich. All those naysayers out there t- saying, uh, you, you're a prosperity gospel preacher and you got your book coming out. Talking about, I don't know what Bible you're reading. Have you not read that he became poor so that you might become rich? And they say, well, that's just talking about spiritual. Read the context of the chapter. It's not just talking about spirit. It's talking about in all things. Hallelujah. Read the context of the chapter. 
Hallelujah. So when he took the curse, he took the curse of poverty. He took the curse of sickness. He took the curse of disease. He took the curse of lack. He took the curse of shame. He took the curse of barrenness. He took the curse of death. He took the curse of separation from God. That's why he said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He took it on him on that cross. Why? So when he raised from the dead and you put your faith and trust in him, though you were cursed, now you shall be blessed. So he lifts his hands on the last, on the last day he was of his earthly ministry. And all these people are sitting out there looking at him. And he lifts his hands. And it doesn't say, and he cursed them. It says he lift his, lifted his hands and he blessed them. He blessed them. The only people that are cursed are the people that aren't with right with God. That's the reason I'm going to help somebody if you're struggling to get a healing. One time I was struggling to get a healing and I was praying in the spirit and the Holy Ghost broke through in my life, in my spirit. And he showed me the cross now, if you can ever get this revelation, you'll never struggle with another healing. And I was sick in my body. And he said, son, that sickness can't be at two places at the same time. I said, what do you mean? He said, is it on the cross or is it in you? And I seen it on the cross. I seen it on the cross. And when I seen it on the cross, it left me. Can you see your poverty on the cross? Can you see your depression on the cross? Can you see your lack on the cross? Can you see your shame on the cross? Can you see your Can you see your sin on the cross? Can you see your disobedience on the cross? Can you see every time you messed up on the cross? Can you see your alcoholism on the cross? Can you see your drug addiction on the cross? Can you see your pride on the cross? Can you see your division on the cross? Can you see your religion on the cross? Can you see your racism on the cross? Well, if you see it on the cross, it cannot be in you at the same time. And he took it. And he took it even though he shouldn't have took it. He took it. And he bore it. And all he asked of me, faith and obedience, son. And when I seen that, I said, my God in heaven, now I understand. Now I understand. That's the reason I never, hold on, let me read this scripture. Y'all stand up. Galatians 3. I want to I make sure I've got to give you scripture. Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have become a curse for every, for, for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Man, that cross wasn't there just because the Romans decided that it needed to be a point of execution. They were playing into the hands of God. Because cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. Hallelujah. And when you can see this, brothers and sisters, you'll see what God has done for you. You never ever hear me refer to myself as a sinner. I was. I was. Don't you ever, ever speak over yourself, I'm just a sinner. Now, if you're lost today, that's true for you. 
and you're cursed. Hear me. You know what the Bible says about you? If you're lost, you're an enemy of God. That's Romans 8, by the way. You're an enemy of God. But once you come in and you're saved and you're born of the Spirit, you're no longer cursed. You're no longer a sinner. Hallelujah. Now you might say, well, pastor, I mess up sin. Just because you mess up sin don't mean you're living in a state of sin. There's a difference. And those who live in a state of sin are sinners. Those who trip up and bump their chin from now every once in a while are people who are in need of forgiveness. And the Bible says, everybody say the Bible says. The Bible says that if you have sin, he says, if you'll confess your sin, he said, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You're not sinners. You're not cursed. You're children of God. Yes, man has fallen. And yes, we, we were in need. But once you have bowed your knee and you really meant it, and you're living for the Lord, don't you ever let any devil or anybody else tell you you're cursed. The devil is a liar. How can the curse be on the cross and on me at the same time? So today, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for helping me to communicate this, God, in a in a, uh, in a way that has the anointing, has the power. Father, I thank you that you've, you've spoken this and you're continuing to speak this. And I pray that it will continue to be that which is, that does not just fall by the wayside. But God, I pray that it is being, that it's fallen on fertile ground, producing 30, 60, and 100 fold today in the hearts and the minds and the spirits of your people. Father, I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And I give you praise. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.